Hey, this is the handicapped hero, Gregory Iron, and you're listening to the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm not a good singer, but I've tried. Wrestling cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name You wanna go where you can see That troubles are all the same You wanna go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers Where everybody knows your name Especially on the set of Powerbomb Yes, this is a bonus episode of Wrestling Cheers. We're brought to you by the Trending Topics Network, NEO Sports Insiders, and MidwestTerritory.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast that is about the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a bonus, special bonus episode highlighting the premiere of Powerbomb, and we are also interviewing, once again, Gregory Iron on the podcast. So, like I said, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, restingcheers.podbean.com. Please get a hold of us on all your social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash restingcheers, Twitter.com slash restingcheers, and Instagram.com slash restingcheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, you know, we are talking about Powerbomb. This week's bonus episode is brought to you by the world premiere of Sickening Pictures' upcoming release, Powerbomb. Powerbomb is the story of an independent wrestler on the verge of breaking into the big time, but He's contemplating leaving it all behind to spend more time with his family. When our wrestler's biggest fan hears the news, he decides to take matters into his own hands to ensure that his champion gets to the top by any means necessary. This film stars Lucha Underground's Matt Cross, Wes Allen, Ronnie Jonah, and Women of Honor's Britt Baker. Powerbomb is directed by Zach Shieldwatcher and B.J. Colangelo. Powerbomb premieres 7 p.m. this Thursday, December 6th at Capitol Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. For ticket information, please visit www.clevelandcinemas.com. So it's, it's, it's a really, really big deal that people come out and check, check this movie out. Unfortunately, I won't get to be there, but, and it's something that, that it gets kind of, I think it gets kind of mentioned in, in the interview with Gregory Iron, but I, I really, I really want to go, but it's hard for me to make it work with my work schedule. But Power Bomb is a movie that has a little bit of uh, even importance to my heart because there's a scene in the movie that I was an extra for, and even though I can't be there, I really hope a lot of you can, and when this gets some sort of release, if you're like myself and you can't be there, I hope you're also like me, Of you're, you're the first in line to purchase a copy, because I know as soon as they announce something, I'm going to pre-order, or I'm going to do something, and whatever it is, uh, I actually wanted to give money to this, but uh, by the time I got around to getting up the funds they had already raised all the money that they needed and you know bj and zach and and wes you know I, I i love this whole crew of people and you know some of my favorite wrestlers are in the movie you know dick justice gregory iron uh, matt cross and it's really cool to see you know this whole thing happen and i, I don't want to take too much more of your t- up of your time um reading a little bit off from the from the event page 
that I didn't re technically already read of everybody that's in this or what's going to happen. Like if you come to this premiere, each ticket will automatically enter you into a raffle for a just a massive raffle basket featuring items from the Savage Stass, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and much, much more. There's also going to be a Q&A with the cast and crew, which will be available right after the conclusion of the screening. Powerbomb does run at 80 minutes. Uh, it has not yet been rated, though, but is a movie that is recommended for audiences 13 years or older for language, implied drug use, and violence. So... This is going to be a fun event, and I'm really honored to kind of be a part of promoting it. If you get a chance to, check out Zach's podcast that he is a part of, and it's a show that you hear me mention every so once in a while on the show, and that is none other than Center Stage, S-E-N-T-E-R Stage, and that is with Ben and Zach. So they're doing a special that released the same time as this or roughly the same time, so, you know, please help support them, this movie, and how you're even supporting us. So, without any further ado, let's get into the interview with Gregory Iron. You wake up every morning, get yourself out of bed, and look in the mirror, and realize that you don't recognize the person looking back at you. You don't feel as whole as you should. You feel about half empty. You get in your car and go about your daily activities and you think about all the opportunities that you missed. Opportunities you didn't take. Doors you left closed instead of open. You think about all the things that you could have done and the things that you chose to do instead. Well, that's where I come in. My name is Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham and I am not only a motivational speaker, but I am a personal development coach, and my three-principle system has changed the lives of countless people all over the world. I invite all of you to stay with me today and listen as I help you change your lives and give all of you a new beginning. And we're back here on the podcast, a very special bonus episode, and not even not even just that. I probably already mentioned it, but I'll do the intro and everything later. This is the first time that I have done a, a re repeat interview. And I mean, there's people who have come on and off the show, but they're normally just regular panelists and everything. This is the first interview, one-on-one, face-to-face, -on -one, -face, live repeat interview. And of course, I had to do it with the very first person I did one with, Gregory Iron. How's it yeah, going, Greg? I'm back. I'm good, man. It's great to see you. Always good to see you and hear from you. It's quite quite a lot's happened since we first sat down. Oddly enough, we're still in Turner's Hall. What was the date on that last podcast? uh june or july of 2017 wow yeah a lot has happened <laughs> gone through a lot of changes since then yeah yeah uh, but still in turner's like, hall that's i think that's the funny thing yeah 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 that's it's uh, some things never change right uh, we're, in the, we're in the basement now though we are in the basement recording it's actually i was just showing you the the ring that i trained in uh, yeah with johnny gargano it's still in the basement here and uh I don't know. It's weird. Like, you know, like I just said, something's never changed. It's, it's weird to like, uh, it's almost like stepping in a time machine, 2005, 2006, training in this goddamn basement. <laughs> like, I, I think it's funny because even at one point we thought that it was going to be over. Like there was going to be no more wrestling at Turner's Hall. Yeah. Here we are years later and now it's been kind of. It's been saved. It's been saved, and now we have their shows that run monthly here. Yeah, Premier Championship Wrestling, and they're uh, they're trying to do a good thing, get get a yeah. solid fan base going. You know, it's just, it's just uh, it's always very humbling, no matter how far I go as a wrestler, to still be able to come back to this building and still have yeah. those same feelings and create some special emotions for the people in the crowd. Yeah. Especially too, like I I love Dombrowski. Like I'll always give a huge shout out to Joe, but the fact that. We can't ignore that I, there's a... I don't know how much it's going to pick up. It's probably going to be very faint yeah. on the microphone, but yeah. Ron Mathis is upstairs <laughs> cutting a promo just outside of the door. Mm -hmm. Oh, Very loud. Very, very, He's a very loud individual. A lot of arguing. But anyway, like, you know, this, I was going back to Joe Dombrowski, like, it was a... You know, one of his shows that I first went to, PWO, yeah. it was uh, it was in Streetsboro. Yep. It was the I think the fourth anniversary show, mm -hmm. and 
you know, I still, I don't get to come all the time. Sure. And I, I've explained to him, like, a lot of times it's, he runs the same day as OCW. OCW's a lot closer to me, and I like to help a, help them out. I really enjoy, like, really great folks, but I can't always come to Cleveland. Right. And, but Turner's Hall is just, this is my first time being, like, behind the curtain, basically. Yeah. Getting, and, getting part of the hallways that I've, I was never privy to. And it's it's awesome for you. It's because, like, I don't know, I feel like there's so many so many stories in this basement yeah. like a lot that i know and some that have just been passed down like i mean like the number of guys like i look turner's hall is a rundown piece of shit building let's be honest yeah. it's in the middle of the one of the worst parts on the west side of cleveland but like as far as like the caliber of wrestling talent that has sat right where we're sitting right now i mean you're oh, talking yeah. the likes of like you know obviously gargano and m dog and prohibition yeah. then you get the likes of you know i remember one of my first times in this locker room Brian Danielson being on a show okay. and riding a bicycle that he found in the in the corner of the basement, <laughs> riding through the locker room, and I remember him saying, "This is the happiest I've ever been." And he's riding this piece of shit bicycle through the locker room, and uh, Claudio Castagnoli, who is obviously Cesaro, and Tracy Smothers, and uh, yeah, the first time uh, I ever um, tried on a pair of wrestling gear was in this basement. Uh, right through those doors back there uh, okay. in the locker room. And uh, when I walked in, the first thing I saw was Hacksaw Jim Duggan's penis. Uh, Jesus. And that's something uh, you never forget, you know. It's uh, a lot of history in this locker room. Cleveland, Ohio, you can see Hacksaw Jim Duggan's penis in the locker room. And in a show, you can see Jake the Snakes. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, all over the place. But uh, I remember seeing, like, a lot of videos where... Was, I should say, was this kind of like almost storage for a lot? Like maybe, I don't know, here, every time I'd see like pictures or videos or promos, it almost seemed like like the, the whole thing of there was a coffin. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you'd call it storage as much as, as, much as you just call it a mess. I mean, like, yeah. so like um, in, in the room behind us where the ring is, uh, JT used to store a bunch of VHS tapes, like wrestling VHS tapes. So like okay. if we wanted to watch footage, like he had like... You know, a good mixture of stuff like WWF stuff, but he also he was always a big fan of like Southern wrestling and like mm -hmm. so like Memphis and USWA and WCW and old NWA stuff. So like if we ever wanted to like study tapes, like yeah. he had like a little collection of like home videos that he just recorded off TV or pay per view. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, like the coffin was down here at one point. I can't remember if it was uh, an AIW coffin or um, I don't think Cleveland Opera had a coffin. The, the steel cage that uh, JT owned that inevitably came the, the AIW cage which got painted pink yeah I we used that. to keep that in the building behind the stage upstairs uh, the ring um, the, 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 the training ring over here used to stay set up like it is right now but then JT had a show ring that he kept on the staircase that we were going to record this podcast on we okay. ended up coming to the basement here but uh we were going to go upstairs. That's where the ring used to set. Like parts of the ring were up on the staircase and the other parts of the ring were up on the, the side here where you walk in like the little mm -hmm. hallway. Um, also, JT had a ramp that sat on those uh, yeah. steps and it was heavy as hell. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it was it was like a multiple man thing to carry that ramp to the stage for, for shows. So uh, not so much storage. It was always just a mess. Like, like there used to be like crappy weight equipment that like we never used because it was yeah. just garbage over in the corner here and uh yeah just it was never really uh the cleanliest place but in a lot of ways um i don't know for some of us guys it was like a home away from home and even though this place is a shithole sometimes like i don't i don't know i can't imagine where i would be in my life without being in this shithole yeah it's created a lot of great stuff for me you know? i'm happy this place got saved yeah, because sure. I did go back and I uh, was watching parts of that hell on earth. The, the what was supposed to be like the last wrestling happening in Turner's Hall. Yeah, and the thing that I I got from a lot of the promos like that. And I, and towards the, I remember hearing about the end of the life of Turner's Hall. At the, I mean, what we thought was the end of the life, it was like cold because you had like people who owned it, and like the heat would be turned on and off at different times. Sure. And like there was times you know we come in here in the middle of summer and it, it's just hot as shit. Yeah. And there's times you come in here in the middle of winter, even the one the one that I really remember was a girl's night out. And like Mia Yim, I think, was like in the middle of the room with a coat on. She's like, no, I'm not taking it off. Because <laughs> I remember it was April <laughs> and you thought like, OK, winter's winter's going to be over. But no, here comes a snowstorm. That's Cleveland, right? Yeah, that's the line. Cleveland weather. But, but <laughs> it, it, there's, there's so many times it was just really cold or really hot. Yeah. And going back, like watching that, I was like, man. 
if if that would have been the it for Turner's Hall, fine, fuck it, because it it was poorly handled. But now the fact that someone has bought the building and is using it, it doesn't seem, at least from my point of view, doesn't seem to be like people are like, oh my god, Turner's Hall is just worthless. I mean, it's a little cold in here, but I think we turn the clock back about five years, and you know, if there's a wrestling show ran that day, the heat was probably turned on early afternoon yeah so at least this was is definitely better than that yeah i think i think danny's really trying to salvage the place uh danny who's obviously yeah. the guy behind the scenes of premier championship wrestling uh he's he's really trying to clean up the building and uh i've known danny for a long time back when uh, i first started wrestling uh and i had to work at a terrible retail job uh to pay the bills while i was uh traveling mm-hmm. trying to gain experience uh danny would stop in at my job and that's how i first met danny and he was always very cordial and polite to me and just cool and seemed very knowledgeable of wrestling and uh sometimes i would give him free tickets uh just because he was such a cool guy and everything so it's nice to see that his passion just as a fan carried over to something where not only did he want to salvage his building but he wanted to do it for the sake of pro wrestling and he's like uh you know he's still learning the ropes as far as promoting but you know there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. good guys that uh normally don't hit the area here in cleveland that are um Mm -hmm. getting noticed both through pcw and welterweight wrestling so you know uh i don't think uh the potential has been met yet but um when it gets there i think that's the one thing about independent wrestling there's just you know one company isn't going to book everybody you like and sometimes you have to go out like i mean even me for example like tonight we've seen jackson argos i've been a fan of jackson argos for you know about a year and a half and i it's me going outside of like my norm and like going to some other promotions and going like i think he was one of those guys the first time i seen him like oh i I really like this guy and honestly i I, after it was after the show i walked up to him like somebody ever told you you kind of look like johnny gargano (laughs) he gets that all the time (laughs) and he's like he's like yeah i've heard that before i'm like maybe because we're here in ohio yeah like i think like he i think it's the the hair color and like it's he the, beard. Did, the beard he does almost exactly like but i don't think it's like oh i'm trying to copy johnny they yeah. just have that same it's style just how his beard grows yeah in, man. you know i always used to make fun of how johnny's beard grew and run back <laughs> but i mean he's making it work for him <laughs> this reminds me of something i've actually i've had the conversation recently with somebody who was friends with johnny back in the aim days so we're talking oh yeah like a long time like he was kind of a fan he would talk to johnny yeah get this he messaged him one day and he was just like hey uh, this is right around the time that he went from long pants to the short tights. The what he's iconic for now, yeah, or just not iconic. But yeah, I mean, that's what you, if you see him anything else, you're like, why the fuck's he wearing that? Yeah, it would be weird. If yeah, you didn't know Johnny from when he first started. He was like, hey, I just want to let you know, you look better in long pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I think I feel it's, it's the opposite for most guys. Like, I feel like, and I think that was the mindset. Like, because I Johnny started off in long tights and I started off in the biker shorts like I think like I wasn't okay. completely comfortable being the trunks but I, I really liked uh, I think Carlito around that time so we had biker yeah, yeah, yeah. shorts so I said oh like I'll meet somewhere in the middle but I feel like if you get in decent shape and you get into the shorter trunks I feel like it makes you look bigger maybe that's just my yeah. mindset it looks like you show off the legs a little bit mm-hmm. you know I just feel like it gives the illusion that you're bigger than you actually are so I think that was the mindset when Johnny switched the trunks and then I yeah. ended up doing the same thing I think right around the same time you know because you know we're buddies so yeah copy each other (laughs) it was his reasoning he was just like well it's because he has he has chicken legs what? At least at, the, at that time, I don't know. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fan at the time, and him telling me like the story later. Sure. And it's like, okay, like, well, you were obviously wrong. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even if he did have chicken legs, you, he he he. Guess what? He worked on it. Oh yeah, and <laughs> his physique has drastically improved since Good he God. you know was uh, long tights Johnny Gargano. I mean, it's it's funny to. Um, even if you see pictures of Johnny when he was a kid, just like he's real chubby and like, mm-hmm. just to see, I don't know, not just as a wrestler, but like as a human to see how far he progressed from like, oh, yeah. just that, just that dedication of like going from like this, you know, chubby, insecure, shy kid to like, you know, arguably the most in shape guy and most successful dude by far in NXT, you know, it's, it's pretty inspiring. And it's it's probably not going to stop with him. No. Cause I think what, what I heard, what was it? I heard you tell the story or it was like. When he went away, like, you started to, like, you know, get ripped more. Yeah. And then when he, like, he comes home, all of a sudden, like, he's just, like... He's more ripped. Like, more ripped. And it's just, like, what the fuck? It's just, like, it's this com- constant competition, like, between yeah. us. Like, a, like, an unspoken competition. Like, yeah. Johnny's always driven me to work harder and be better. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, again, that goes back to, like, you know, I met Johnny... I met him at an AIW show originally um, at Peabody's back in the day, but like I really got to know Johnny in this building. If it wasn't for in this basement of Turner's Hall, like being around Johnny all the time and just getting to know one another, like yeah. I don't know where my life would be, man. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's he's driven me. Like when it comes to weightlifting, mm-hmm. uh, 
when it comes to wrestling, like understanding psychology and, uh, you know, more so than just beyond that, I feel like there's very few people in wrestling that you can call it like your legitimate friends. And, uh, he's just, he's not just my friend. He's like, he's yeah. really like a brother to me, you know, like just, uh, we bicker like a married couple <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, like he's always there for me and there's yeah. like, there's not a more genuine human than Johnny Gargano. So any success that he has, you know, he definitely deserves it. I'll, I'll never forget when I walked into target both times. And I see two Johnny Gargano figures just sitting there. Yeah. And like the part of me just like, oh my, like, I can't believe it. Then I was like, all right, I have to buy these. Right. I bought both. Like, yeah. Both times I bought two each. <laughs> and uh, as one of them, like I, the, the more recent one I sold just because it was like, I went on eBay before that and seeing like people are selling like regular figures for like 30, 40 bucks. And I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, I want to, I want a fan of the area who watched him for at least some amount of time to get a fair price on it. Sure. So like, I think I sold it for 25 bucks. I paid like 20 after tax service, like 21. So it's like, I make a profit quote unquote, but I just did it to round it off. So right. that's something I like with him. Something I, I want to get in, like not to change topics. I could talk about Johnny Organo all day, but it's <laughs> everybody already knows that. Um, so yeah, it's been a while since, you know, we've got to speak. Yeah. But since you've been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you were on another podcast. I don't. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of I it. I don't think so. Um, I don't know. He did a thing or two. It's stunning, stunning Steve Austin, stunning Ringmaster, or something. Yeah, something like that. So I don't can, know. Kid I, never really went on to do much as a wrestler. No. Um, Steve Austin, Steve Austin show. Okay. I've been on that. Uh, People might have to Google that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. He's a, he's an up and coming, aspiring podcaster, individual <laughs> in the podcast world. Yeah, uh, yeah I did uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. Uh, did three episodes with him, um, two different sessions, uh, spent some time at his place in L.A. And uh, I don't know, for a guy who grew up a huge Steve Austin fan, I yeah. think like a lot of wrestling fans yeah. are, um, I don't know, I always say like Hogan was my number one as a kid, but if there was like a number one as an angsty young teenager okay. who wanted like to defy authority, like uh, my number one was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it was nice to get to sit with him and talk and share my story. And, you know, he impromptu asked me for the second episode, like, you want to stick around? Record another episode? <laughs> Let's talk about pro wrestling? Talk about our favorite matches? And I was like, what am I going to say? No, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, no, no, Stone Cold. I have better things to do in yeah, my day. So, like, like um, I don't know, to be able to sit with him and, like, in my head, like, when I was going to meet him, um, nervous, obviously, but he made me feel like I always knew him. And then I thought to myself, if there, if there is at least one moment where – we where he agrees with something i say as a wrestler like as a colleague Mm -hmm. in my head i'm like man that's gonna be a win and we agreed on so much yeah like and had such good chemistry and i got like such good feedback not only on the first episode but um particularly the second episode and austin said he got the same type of feedback and i felt like for the first time in my life my pointless wrestling knowledge as far (laughs) as like knowing detailed history of the wwf and so-called steve austin it came in handy yeah. like, because like I could set him up for his own stories and uh, I don't know. It just flowed really nice. And um, that first time there, we sat there like three or four hours after and just like wow. bullshitted. And uh, he told me stories, you know, you'll never hear on a podcast. <laughs> and uh, Those are just, fun. Uh, it was surreal, man. It was really surreal because there would have to, there would be these conscious moments where I'd be talking to him just like you, like a dude. Mm-hmm. But as I'm looking at him, like, I have to t- tell myself this is just a dude. Yeah, <laughs> or like in the, in the back of your head, you're like, oh my god, I'm talking, I'm having a regular conversation with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, it was cool, man. And then, you know, um, afterwards it went so well. Um, it was like a good first date where I wanted to be yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I wanted to text him like as soon as I left, like, oh my god, lol, had so much fun, can't wait to see you again, <laughs> winky face. Uh, but I didn't. But so a few hours later, you do the four day rule. Uh, well, I was going to, but as I was going to sleep that night, it was around 9 p.m. L.A. time. And I had a flight to, I think, Buffalo the next day. As I was going to sleep, uh, my phone vibrated. I looked. Stone Cold Steve Austin texted me and uh, he said, uh, hey, man, I had a great time talking to you. Wish you the best. If you ever need anything, give me a yell. And uh, I just kind of smiled because it was like, I don't know, like it's just a cool life. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like, um, I don't know, like I think I've done pretty well as a wrestler um but you've got a great story well thank you i mean i mean you have like all these things that you you've had in your past which 
has I've been told about the death. I'm not to me to gloss over, but like yeah. let, let us know, but you have all that. And then you would have thought like, okay, that's it. I'm just gonna be this kind of wrestler, then everything happened with the punk and your your popularity spikes. Yeah. And then you always, at least from my point of view, you always seem to maintain something. Like you have the everything with Zach. Yeah. Uh, you've done motivational stuff, you've taken storylines and just the simplest things and made them the most entertaining thing in a company. Well, thank you. And you would think, okay, okay, then that's it. Okay, my your spike was meeting was doing everything with CM Punk, and when everybody was focused on him, hell, that's how I first heard about you. Sure. And then now Austin. Yeah. Like that's. I, I just wow. I, I I've I've gotten lucky. I don't know if luck's the word. Like I'm fortunate. Like hashtag you know, blessed. Sometimes things happen based on. Like, I really believe that a lot of an individual's success um, comes down to the people you associate with. And yeah. I'm very fortunate that um, I've chosen to surround myself with a good group of people mm-hmm. outside of and inside of wrestling. And, uh, you know, since the last time we talked, last year and a half, uh, personally, I've gone through, like, a lot of stuff. Um, specifically, you know, I was in... Um, I was in a long-term relationship that kind of ended suddenly. Uh, I think it ended right around that point. We were, we had a conversation like off, off mic of like things that were going on in our lives. And uh, that's, I do remember you were talking about like that. It was rough. It was very rough because, um, just the idea that, um, one day, you know, someone you think is your best friend, uh, who you are in love with can sit you down and go, I love you, but I don't know if I'm in love with you. Like yeah. it's, uh, especially when you don't see it coming, it, it sucks. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was very hard, harder than I could ever imagine to get over to the point where, I don't know, I've been through some traumatizing shit, like, mm-hmm. you know, with my parents and my mom yeah. doing drugs and smoking crack and dying of a drug overdose and, uh, wrestling injuries and just the struggles of being a pro wrestler and like looking for that next moment to, um, move up in your career and like, I don't yeah. know hoping that people keep noticing that you're working your ass off for everything that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like going through that breakup, which, you know, was a five-year relationship, uh, was probably one of the most traumatizing things I've ever been through. And yeah. uh, so based on, you know, the people I surround myself, you know, I was feeling very, very low about myself uh, earlier in this year. And uh, I just reached out to a friend uh, and I was talking to her and, uh, I mean, I guess I'll just say it was Candice LeRae and uh, just talking to her about my situation, how I was feeling. And she said, you know, maybe you need some some new bookings. Maybe you need something new, like make give perk you up a little bit. And she said, why don't you talk to uh, Joey Ryan about bar wrestling? Yeah. You know, I know Joey. I'm friends with Joey, but I don't want to bug people, you know, so I'm just like, I don't want to bug him. And so then she reached out to Joey and. uh like within a minute, she's like, I got I got you booked in L.A. uh, for bar wrestling. So it's like, oh, cool. That that helps, and you know, Candice has told me like how much she believes in me and my story. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, I don't know why I specifically chose her to reach out to, but like, I did, and um, it, it helped. And so I get booked for bar wrestling, and then I was I'm good friends with Andy Williams from Every Time I Die. Okay, yeah. yeah. So then literally the next week, I saw him in uh, Buffalo, and uh, he was telling me how he did the Steve Austin show, and he was like, "Man, like if you're ever in L.A., like he's the coolest dude, like." I bet you I can help you get get you on the show. And I was like, I'm literally going to be in LA yeah. in a couple months. So he's like, oh, let me see what I could do. And then like th- basically through that, that's how I got hooked up with Austin. So, and, and, you know, so I think to myself too, um, I remember, may never have forged this relationship with Austin had I not gone through one of the worst experiences of yeah. my life, breaking up with my girlfriend. And um, if it wasn't for the people that I've chosen to associate myself, like none of this happens, you know, like, I don't know yeah. if like that everything happens for a reason bullshit applies, but I do feel yeah. like, um, if you surround yourself with the right people, like things turn out okay. And it's just, sometimes it's a waiting game. You know, Tom Petty says the waiting is the hardest part. Yeah. And I, I really <laughs> believe that applies because oh, yeah. waiting sucks, but, uh, it's through my friendships that helped me get to Steve and, it's completely surreal that like we talk on the phone and he leaves me stupid voicemails and I leave him stupid voicemails and yes. uh, like every time he leaves me a voicemail I just kind of chuckle because if you would have told 13 year old Greg yeah. that one day you know this dude that you watch on TV that like is, is giving you this mindset to like and I got to tell Steve this off off air like the, the mindset of like you know F authority and like you know if someone tells me that I can't do something I'm going to do it anyways like yeah. you, you, like 
that was that wasn't just a stone cold character like that was steve austin the individual like saying that and like i connected with that like i wanted to have that mindset where people talk down to me because i have this disability like fuck you i'm gonna prove you wrong like Mm -hmm. like that motivated and drove me so like to be able to just i don't know have some sort of friendship with this dude and for him to give me life advice and uh i don't know man it's been a wild year and a half and you know the wrestling bookings are staying consistent and uh yeah, I don't know. And this isn't ex- exactly where I expended my expected my t- 2018 to uh, end up, but uh, you know, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm completely okay with it. <laughs> like I've, I think because we were, I think we're like six months apart in age, but we we definitely had that time when we were teenagers where something was going on, a fight or whatever. And you just hear, yeah. and like you're walking towards something, and you got that swagger, yep. and yeah, you got to. You got not even I think just be on his podcast, but like and get invited into his home. Yeah. And that's just surreal. That's crazy. Man. Surreal. And and I just I just went back um in October, weekend yeah. of my birthday, which w- um was more ridiculous. And I did, you know, a third episode with him and uh he allowed me to bring a documentary crew because there was a couple <laughs> couple dudes that wanted to do a documentary. I mean, uh Danny and Keith, they do uh, Russell Days, which actually, I don't know when this podcast is going to drop, but that documentary, um, which features Steve Austin, will be up on YouTube for free um, on the Russell Days account, and mm-hmm. uh, it should be something pretty interesting. It basically details a day in my life where I go, you know, just yeah. hang out with Stone Cold Steve Austin and do championship wrestling from Hollywood, and I go visit some uh, landmarks in uh, Hollywood and L.A., and uh they did a really good job from what I've seen. I don't know if it's the final product, but when it hits Thanksgiving, it's going to be real good. I think it's going to tug on some heartstrings. This will be out after, definitely after Thanksgiving. Cool. Um, check that out. Speaking of movies or you know, documentary, kind of a movie, uh, the main thing that we had this set up for is let's talk about Powerbomb. Yeah. Because I think it's funny when we did the original interview, when uh, the microphones went off, I was like, oh my God, I forgot to talk about Powerbomb. Yep. And you were like, hey, well, let's just do it next time. And I was like, okay, like, we'll figure out when that was going to be. And in my head, I was like, whenever that movie comes out, we'll work on it. That's why there's every so once in a while I'll bug Zach, BJ, or somebody and be like, hey, when's it coming out? Just because I want to be able to plan this. But we got the world premiere. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it'll be out uh, for physical copies just yet. But the, the, we're talking about the world premiere. I wanted to have up all the information, but I didn't pull it up before the show. And my reception down here is shitty. December 6th. Capital Theater, uh, I believe seven, uh, seven p.m. Mm-hmm. might be the showing. Yes. Could be wrong, but uh, you can always check the uh, Capital Theater website. Uh, they should have all the information, and they have Facebooks and Instagrams. And yeah. uh, uh, that's a Thursday night, December six, and I'm really excited about it. It should be a good time. How did you How did you get involved in this? Because I love when 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 Powerbomb first happened, or like the filming. Because I I did do the extra work that uh, that weekend, and. I had never heard of Sickening Pictures, uh, BJ, Zach, any of them. And now, like, I see them everywhere. I mean, granted, I've, I've connected on them with social media and, like, they're involved with, you know, good people. And I'm like, okay, like, these are, these are really cool people. And, like, where, where did it happen for you? Uh, so BJ followed me on Twitter for a little bit and I followed her back and, uh, I don't know. Like, I noticed she had a verified account. So I don't know. I was like, oh, I'll follow her back. She seems okay, legit. Yeah. And I didn't realize she went to shows or whatever. But we just started talking, and uh, eventually the idea of Powerbomb came up, and uh, we met at a Denny's to talk about it, and uh, I love Denny's. Anybody who wants to invite me to Denny's, uh, you know, I'll always meet up with you and eat some food. <laughs> but So she invited me to Denny's, and uh, I don't know, like, we just, we connected. I, I love the idea of uh, the film, and mm. uh, just as people, I feel like we had a, like a connection. And when I met Zach and, and all those guys, um, I connected with all of them because I think we all have the same interest in uh, wrestling. And uh, mm-hmm. BJ and Zach love terrible movies, and I love terrible <laughs> B movies. So like we connect on a lot of those levels and horror films. Um, so we always have stuff to chat about. So once I just realized they were cool, cool dudes, yeah. I was like, uh, you know, this is something I want to be a part of. And then once I realized that they were getting M Dog on board and. Uh, Alex Daniels and all my buddies. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I love doing things that don't feel like work and it's just a bonus that you get paid for it. But like, um, to be able to have a little role in the film and do some stunt coordination too, like, um, it's fun and it's nice to have my resume and it's cool to do with my friends. 
Like, how many other people were involved, uh, names wise? Because there's people that I didn't, like you had mentioned, uh, Britt Baker. I know was a part of it. Yeah, Britt Baker's in it. Uh, there, there is a, um, there is a big secret cameo that you can. Yeah, I cannot reveal, but if you go to the premiere... Is it The Rock? It's not The Rock, okay. but I will say <laughs> that he is currently a member of the NXT roster, but he has a little uh, he has a little minor appearance in the film where I think people will pop for when they see it, but you, you'll never know unless you go to the premiere on December 6th at Capitol Theater. It's Shannon Baszler. <laughs> if it was, I couldn't say. That's true. Um, but no, like I, I, like I said, I did, did do the, the extra work, and... To me, that was almost a dream come true, at least on my point of view. I was actually wanting to be an actor at one point. I actually have comedy tragedy tattooed on me. It's the only tattoo I have. Yeah. And just for one moment, just to be on that set and even it was just, it's just a regular scene. I did get to, you know, witness a take happened over and over and over. And then, cause I'd always watch movies. I'm like, why do they not like when the editing, like, why didn't they do the same thing every time? I'm like, Oh, because it happened so many times. Like you kind of go, what did I do? Like I, the thing that I don't know if it'll actually be caught on film as good is M dog's grandma. Oh. I was right by her. Man. I love that woman. And she, <laughs> there was times that like she was supposed to do something and didn't. And she's like, Oh, I forgot. And like, Oh my God. That woman was fantastic on set i mean she's great at shows yeah but having it to where okay we're sitting here and we gotta do this stuff over and over like she was just fantastic she's man. one of the funniest and best people i've ever met in my life and uh i've been honored to be yelled at her uh at shows and mm-hmm. uh to be smacked by her at shows uh that one aw show where she attacked me uh that was tremendous for me i don't know if, were you there for that one she gave me some chops i'm, I'm pretty sure sh- over the barricade <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I was just thinking about this. I've only missed a handful of AIW shows, and they were in 2014. Yeah. I don't think I've missed any. I, there are shows that I missed parts of, but I've never missed like a whole show since. Fun fact. So I think I was there for that. So not to sidetrack, because we'll get back on the subject of Powerbomb, but yeah. like after she did that thing where she chopped me and it got over so well, I went to Thorne, uh, promoter for AIW, and I said, yo, I think at Absolution, it should be me and Alex Daniels versus <laughs> M-Dog and his grandma. And, oh my God. and she was like, I don't know, man. And I was like, dude, that is money. And then M-Dog walked up to me. He's like, hey, man, I don't know if you would be down with this, but I went to Thorn and I pitched me and my grandma as a tag team against you and Alex. And I was like, dude, I pitched the same thing. Oh and for whatever God. reason, like M-Dog got hurt, but he was going to be good by, by absolution. For yeah. whatever reason, obviously it didn't happen. Yeah. But I wish, I fucking wish that match would have happened because it would have been... I would have bumped around so much. Oh yeah, for for like I've got no problem bumping around for a grandma. I bumped around for Dennis Stan. That's what I was, that's what and I was thinking. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Uh, someone was asking me about recently, like who's your favorite WWE guy or name that you ever worked with, and I I said um, for sentimental reasons Dennis Stamp because uh, you know Dennis gets a lot of flack. As far as, you know, he's just that guy from Beyond the Mat who jumps on a trampoline and it's kind of a joke, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously that's how I fell in love with him because of the unintentional hilarity. But when I got to meet him Mm -hmm. and just to be able to call a match with him and to see how much it meant to him to go over in a match, but also to pin me because it was a tag match, he didn't think that he would be getting the pinfall. And he's like, oh my God, I, I, I shouldn't be allowed to get the pinfall. I'm an old man. And he's like, oh, please let me get my, sho- or please pop your shoulder up like right after three so I don't completely beat you. And I was like, dude, I don't care. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it made him happy to feel like a winner because I felt like he spent his whole career feeling just like yeah. forgotten and kind of like a loser. And uh, I got to talk to him uh, two or three times after, like on the phone, he gave me his number and, uh, Sometimes on trips home, I would talk to him, and just every time he would just thank me over and over and tell me how much that meant to him. So, like, I always think about that because, like, those are it's just one of those life things where it's like, I don't know, what we do is very silly. And, like, legitimately, I got beat by a 69 year old man via clothesline. Yeah. (laughs) Who who wasn't, quote, ready to wrestle. He had to borrow a singlet. He had to borrow a singlet. And, um, but I don't know, it's like things like that. Um, experiences in wrestling, like those moments where like you connect with someone yeah. that like, I don't know for what, for, I don't know out in the real world, what would I ever connect with Dennis stamp on like a 69 year old man? And however old I was at the time, 28, 29, like what, what are we going to talk about? But like we're wrestlers and somehow that like yeah. creates this bond between us. Like, you know, 
trusting each other um, with our bodies. And, you know, like, um, you know, he's a very fragile old man who does not wrestle anymore. Mm-hmm. He legitimately had not had a match since 1991. Like, yeah. um, I thought for sure that someone would have capitalized on booking him after God, Beyond yes. the Map. But yeah. he told me, like, legitimately he had not wrestled since 1991. So I had his first match since 1991. And it, you know, turned up. Uh, unfortunately being his last match because you know he passed away uh, yeah. a couple years after but like um, I have no problem bumping around for the elderly yeah that's that's the point of all this <laughs> I was gonna throw out one thing when we talk about Dennis Stamp I quote him constantly sure everybody has their own like things they quote uh, someone recently uh, in like a group chat like oh hey like um, when's everybody coming over and I'm like uh, no because I'm not booked. I'm not booked. And he was like, what What do you mean? I don't book people to come over. I'm like, it's a Dennis Stamp. This is a wrestling fan. I'm like, this is a Dennis Stamp reference. <laughs> or anytime, like, or someone will post like, uh, it's maybe about a concert or something. I just go, no, I'm not booked. Yeah. Just, I love that. But um, let's pull back here. Besides, because uh, M Dog's grandma w- w- is the most over non-wrestler in, a- in AIW history. Absolutely. It, Fantastic. Well, besides, besides Hackle, <laughs> we're not going to dedicate any time. No, no. We, I just we've had, to get that in. We've had plenty of memories of Hackle here. Sure. You, but we're, we're going to get past that. Uh, let's actually let's go back to Powerbomb Man. And uh, what else about this movie can you tell me? Because like, there, there's a bit of a, I know, mystery or something. Like, I don't have it all down. Well, the uh, the story behind Powerbomb is uh, uh, M Dog Matt Cross is the, the main character, and the story is you know he's got a. He's got a wife and kid, and uh, all the time that he's spending on the road, like he misses a lot of time uh, with his family. So, in order to spend some more time with his family, he's contemplating leaving wrestling forever. And uh, that was not a pun intended. Wrestling forever. Wrestling is forever. <laughs> uh, he's contemplating leaving the business for good, and uh, a uh, dedicated fan gets wind of this, and uh, he ends up. Uh, he ends up trying to stop him from leaving the business in a very um, unique and uh, psychotic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Powerbomb is, I guess, to describe it would be a, a thriller slash horror film. Uh, Before you go any farther, it's weird that I was just thinking in my head, like, how, like how would you describe Powerbomb? And as I was thinking it, you said it. Yeah, yeah. I just want—I just want to throw that out there. I was just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I, there's definitely um, elements of horror. Um, I would say it was more of a thriller, though. Okay. And uh, there's definitely some comedy um, smattered in uh, mm-hmm. throughout the film. Uh, in general, I just think it's—it's going to be an overall fun experience. I mean, just uh, you know, if you're a fan of wrestling or horror or action, you know, I think Powerbomb yeah. is going to be a movie that has a little bit of everything for someone. And I think with this with Powerbomb, it's. A lot of the people who are going to be interested in it or everything is independent wrestling fans. Sure. And you're always told, like, support independent wrestling. Well, these are independent filmmakers, especially if you like like the Cleveland scene. They are Cleveland independent filmmakers. So I feel like, why not support these guys? Absolutely. Like, this is all the reason. I mean, there's a lot of other really good uh, independent stuff going out there of real wrestlers and movies and all that. This for Cleveland is just awesome. And I've been like, ever since we did that taping, uh, I've been like, okay, like when's it coming out? Like, I, I really want to see this. Not even the fact that I was in, even if I didn't make it, I was like, I still want to see like all these wrestlers that I know, like they made a movie and I want to know like who did what and all this kind of stuff. And like also too, also meeting, you know, Zach and BJ and all them like, okay, like now I want to know more because people that I'm friends with are also involved. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I think the important thing is to support um, independent endeavors. I mean, I think that's why independent wrestling is in the state that it's in as far as like, well, I think I think the world is a much smaller place. I think the Internet and social media really yes. has uh, connected the world with things like independent wrestling more and um, independent films on another level. And, and for those that are fans of WWE and maybe not necessarily independent wrestling, you have to remember, you know us independent wrestlers had to start somewhere. So I think it's very yeah. important for uh, independent endeavors to to um, to get your attention, to, mm-hmm. to, to get your dollars. And uh, it's the same with films. Like, I feel like, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, uh, independent films, like, they were very underground, hard to find. You yeah. know, like, uh, have to find bootleg copies and blah, blah, blah. But now yeah. it's like, I mean, it's going to be having a, a, a showing in a theater. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, again, smaller world. Um bigger reach and uh i don't know like if you don't support these smaller endeavors like um you know that 
things never get bigger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, I think Powerbomb is worth uh, the support and uh, sickening pictures and BJ and Zach, uh, the time they put into uh, directing and editing the film and everyone behind the scenes, the camera people yes. and everything like the, there's a lot of heart and soul behind, uh, behind the scenes. And uh, I think, uh, I think no one would be disappointed in the film and it's only an hour and a half. So I mean, like, it's not like that's some, de- that's decent. Yeah. It's not like some over dramatic two and a half hour film. You get a lot of those in this yeah. age, you know, everyone wants to make some epic. I think uh, it's a, uh, it's a fun little 90 minutes that everybody will enjoy. I, th- I think that's pretty much, I mean, I, I don't know what to like say about the movie cause I, I haven't seen it. But I do hope people go out and I mean, whenever they announce some sort of uh, release, like actual physical release, because there has to be people who are listening to this who aren't from Ohio and aren't going to be able to make it. But if you can get this copy, if you're an independent wrestling fan, like I said, like so many great people are, are involved in. I mean, if you go to your local show, this is this is no different. Sure. So, so and I, I think everyone should just uh, look for sickening pictures on social media and just definitely. stay up to date because I'm sure, you know, I don't know the details for sure, but I'm sure there'll be a physical release. And if, if nothing else, um, I, I got to believe that it'll end up on some sort of streaming service at some point. So just stay tuned with all the social media yeah. stuff. So you want to rattle off the memorized stuff that you have for just so people know the the world premiere of Powerbomb uh, Capital Theater. December 6th. Capitol Theater. It's located, uh, I believe, on West 65th here in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, they play a lot of cool stuff. Actually, tonight, uh, I had no one to go with. I'm not going to go. They play old movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they're going to play Batman tonight at 11.59, the, the 1989 film. Uh, and I wanted to go watch it, but no one's cool enough to go watch it with me. So I guess I'm just going to go home. But uh, yeah. Uh, we were actually talking about going. My girlfriend, who's right next to us, big Tim Burton fan. Yeah. Has never seen... The Tim Burton Batmans. Actually, I introduced her to Batman with the Christopher Nolan series. Are you kidding me right now? I am not kidding you right now. Just this get is... out of here. Go. <laughs> Go. And I'm like, if you're a big Tim Burton fan, you would like, I keep telling him, like, you would love the original. We just haven't ever got a s- time to sit down and watch it, but. Jeez, that's like the best era of Tim Burton, because I feel like he hasn't made anything good in a long time. <laughs> no the offense. Last, the, the last stuff of his that I really liked was Big Fish. I didn't see that one. I That's see a that one. really good movie. I haven't watched it in a while. Okay. Okay. As long as you like Beetlejuice and Nightmare for Christmas, like I'll stop that. But you have to go see Batman and Batman Returns. <laughs> okay. For sure. But yeah. But that's, uh, we were going to go, but then like, I don't know, going home at like three o'clock in the morning, I got early Thanksgiving yeah. tomorrow and I'm like, eh, I'm good. All right. Let's, uh, let's start to wrap this show up a little bit. And, uh, since you haven't been here. We have uh, the Fay Five questions, so we're we're going to go into them right now. Let's do it. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fay Five questions. Now, can you dig it? Uh, let's start with. You've been in Chicago a lot. You were just in Chicago yesterday. Is Chicago deep dish pizza? I like Chicago deep dish pizza, but I like it in a different way than I like regular pizza. So I I think if I had to choose. I would uh, I would choose a regular pizza. It's- well, no, no, no. I'm saying because there's people out there that don't think like that Chicago deep dish like that's not pizza. Oh. like they they think like maybe the, like the, the New York style like that's like that's a traditional pizza. Yeah. they don't categorize it as pizza. I've heard people say it's a, it's not a pizza, it's a pie. And I'm like pizza is a goddamn pie. It's, yeah, it's it's pizza. I don't know if you, for you to say it's not pizza is ridiculous. But like I, if I had to choose, like I mean I think because in my head I'm like. I feel like more of a man if I can just consume a whole pizza. Yeah. There's no way I would ever consume a whole Chicago pizza because yeah. it's ridiculous. Like it would like two pieces tops. But uh, yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd pick uh, a regular Cleveland pizza all day. Since we just talked about Batman and this fits in great with it, especially the, the original Tim Burton one, best physical portrayal of the Joker. Well, I mean, Heath Ledger is uh I mean, he probably did the best, but it, it sucks because I feel like every shitbag wrestler um, oh and like God. every like bottom of the barrel dude loves that version of Joker. I don't know if you understand what I mean. Like, like, um, like your typical white trash looking hillbilly. He's like, I love the Punisher and I love the Joker. Watch so serious. And so it makes for me, it makes it uncool to, to, to like that. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's so cool that people are that that are so uncool, like 
who I don't even know if they understand like the depths of like that Joker character for yeah. them to think it's so cool without even understanding how cool it is just because it's like a cool thing to like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm even making sense right now. It makes it inherently uncool for me to think like that's the coolest. So for me, I got to go back to like uh, Jack uh, Jack Jack's version of Joker and uh, mm-hmm. you know Batman 1989 or uh, you know even Batman animated series. Okay, that's why I. I- Everybody always goes to Mark Hamill. That's why it's physical portrayal. Yeah. Because in my own opinion, you have to go through a little bit more to do a physical portrayal. Yeah. Mark Hamill has done great. Yeah. But he didn't spend long times on a set like all the other Jokers. So sure. that's why I'm like, I separate them because if you're going to get that uh, case, then the animated Batman is one of the best Batman ever. Yeah. Because he's it's, it's the iconic voice, but he's never actually been full dressed up every day shooting all that stuff for batman so i i have to separate just for that sure um it it is funny that you mentioned the punisher didn't johnny just kind of release a punisher type logo today (laughs) i did johnny gets a pass though because it's johnny so and and why do you got a very ray mysterio like that oh sorry hey man his, his best outfit was the wolverine one that he just did it all in that was the best He's got a lot. I think the one that comes to my mind right now is the Flash. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. I feel like he outdone himself with the with the Wolverine one though. The worst one was Avatar. That was pretty bad. Like I've I've seen that recently. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people forgot about that. Um, let's go. Question number three. Here's a great thing. I don't have to ask you this question. This doesn't count. But we do have on here sheets or Wawa. But you, we know, you know where know you the stand. Answer. You know the answer. It's it's sheets all day. Um. Uh, Adam's Family or the Munsters? Adam's Family. Particularly, you know, the two films from the 90s. Uh, never really a Munsters guy. And also, my dad liked the Munsters, so he, anything he likes is usually uncool. So, I can't I can't really uh, like the Munsters. I mean, I don't hate them, but, like, I grew up on the Adam's Family. If you actually, like, dig into, like, the story of both of them, like, when they ran on TV, they were on almost exactly the same time. They uh, debuted and had their finale or whatever they got canceled like right around the same time huh so like they mirrored each other that's that's why it's a question because some people go like oh i like the monsters because herman's great or i like the adams family because of the movies or or the cartoon or the video games or yeah everybody has their own reason that's why it's because everybody's gonna have this weird answer for it and also why. though adam's family values i feel like it's the only film that um john cusack's sister looked attractive like, she's not the ugliest woman I've ever seen, but, like, I feel like in that movie, mm-hmm. Joan Cusack, she's very attractive, but doesn't really look very attractive in any other film I've ever seen her in. Yeah. Uh, question number four, ketchup on hot dogs. Of course. Okay. I swear, that's, a like, a Ohio thing. What is it? Dude, go to Chicago and ask them if uh, about ketchup on a hot dog. Is it they hate it. That's strange. Next time you go there, find a... Someone from Chicago and talk, just mentioned about putting ketchup on hot dogs. Okay. They will like want to crucify you. I'll keep that in mind. I think that's question number four. Question number five. It is the Wilkman question of the Kick Out of Two podcast. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I'm so torn anytime someone asks that. It depends on who I want to mess with at that time. Um, I mean, it's based on during christmas so i'd have to say that it is sort of a christmas movie like i mean i guess the theme isn't like you don't have to watch it on christmas it's not one of those movies that you have to watch Mm -hmm. on christmas but i think in general it is a film based around christmas so i think it's it it could go either way really it really depends on how you feel but because it's so cool because it's so (laughs) cool it's such an iconic film i'm gonna say yes uh I personally say no, but that's just me. Okay. Uh, this goes with that, though. What's your favorite Christmas movie? It's got to be the Home Alone films. No, I mean, Home Alone, it's either Home Alone or Jingle All the Way. I've watched Jingle All the Way like Dude. literally 200 times, and it's so terrible. Like, I don't know. I I love it. Jingle All the Way is... Um, Jingle All the Way is like, is the underdog Christmas movie. Maybe it's like people so. like around our age yeah. where we grew up with it, like... That has become like I have to watch it every year. For sure, I remember watching it in school because it was always that the day before or that that Friday before you went on vacation. Like you, you just watch like a couple of like movies. Yeah, I remember watching that one. I still quote it. Yep. Uh, uh, whether it be you know uh, Tata Turtle Man, Put down the or, dude, <laughs> the the techno remix. 
<laughs> uh, put that cookie down. <laughs> yeah, is my down. favorite. Uh, Phil Hartman, that Phil performance. Hartman. Rest in peace. Was, was so amazing. He's great. And like, I agree with you. Like, Home Alone is great too. That's, yeah. I think those are like up there with me. But Jingle All the Way is that it wasn't supposed to be a hit. Oh, Sinbad too. Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad grossly underrated. Oh my God. But so many people, when I've asked that question, they go, what's your favorite? Oh, Jingle All the Way. But totally unrelated. Also, Sinbad and Phil Hartman and Houseguest, also an underrated film. Have you ever seen that? I haven't seen Houseguest. I hear, when I hear Houseguest, I think of House Arrest. Oh, yeah. No, see Houseguest. Go out of your way to see Houseguest. Underrated. Okay. okay. Let me see. And the uh, final question for you, which I didn't really, really think of one, but uh, I'll go with this. If you had to pick, what was a m- better moment for you? Was it going to Austin's house, recording the podcast, or was it meeting Hulk Hogan? Going to Austin's, spending time with Austin's. Really? Meeting Hogan, and it was like a really great five okay. minutes, better than I could have expected, but like... Um, Did he unblock you? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. Like, just Steve was like the coolest dude, and... Yeah. Um, I can't say enough good things about about him and like just the life advice that he gave me and um, just um, yeah nothing I don't know if anything could top just hanging out with Stone Cold and yeah. shooting the breeze like we're just two dudes hanging out best yeah. friends BFFs and I get to mess with them all the time and like make fun of them I don't even know what my life is anymore <laughs> what do you, I mean it's obviously not part of the question but like what did you have more merch of Hogan or Austin Hogan for sure was it okay was yeah Hogan? um I feel like I I have a lot of Austin posters, but mm-hmm. I have like more random Hogan stuff. Though if there's one Austin item I would like to get that's very obscure, it would be the Austin 316 condom. Just because that's <laughs> what that's a real thing. They came out with WF condoms in like 98, 99. Oh my god! Just Google their the merch WF at that condoms. time was very weird because I do want to say well, they did have Lita thongs. Yeah, and I don't think they've done underwear in years. I mean, they were marketing condoms for Christ's sake. Oh my god! I mean, yeah, so. What's more ridiculous than that? I think Zack Ryder has it. I don't know if they came out with the Valvinus <laughs> dildo, but uh, <laughs> that, I think that would be the most ridiculous one, but I don't think they did. Why wouldn't it be a Valvinus condom? Uh, there might be. I don't know. Definitely an Austin 316 condom, though. Oh, my God. It's got like his bio on the back of the condom. It's weird. Oh, my God. I got to Google this shit when I get a chance. Yep. All right. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? I don't know. I, how, how do you... How do you end the podcast hotter than Austin 316 <laughs> condom? Mm. What? <laughs> what? Sexual intercourse? What? <laughs> Safe sex? What? Protection? What? <laughs> <laughs> Just cut it. How about your, well, what about your social media plugs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's important, I guess. Uh, Twitter at Gregory Iron. Instagram at Gregory underscore Iron. And uh, Facebook at Facebook.com backslash the handicapped hero and uh if you can't remember any of that uh, i got my website gregory-iron.com and uh, you can always book me for pro wrestling shows and speaking engagements alone or with zach gallon or book you for a movie just like powerbomb or for a movie yeah i am an actor and stunt coordinator on the side all right man thanks greg thank you i'm glad to see that no one has left but now you're asking yourself dr dan are you going to tell us what the dcr system is And I will tell you now, the three simple principles that change everyone's lives, dedication, confidence, and respect. D, C, and R. If one is dedicated to themselves, confident in oneself, and respectful of oneself, there is nothing that they cannot accomplish. Those three principles are the building blocks of anything you wish to achieve. If you just remember D, C, and R, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. But sometimes you feel that isn't enough. Sometimes you need to be a little more focused on the task at hand. But don't worry. To go along with dedication, confidence, and respect, you can always remember rule number one. So let's wrap all this up. If you can, head on over to the Capitol Theater this Thursday, December 6th for the world premiere of Powerbomb.
Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. Rushing cheers at podbean.com. Get a hold of us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash resting cheers, twitter.com slash resting cheers, and instagram.com slash resting cheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, resting cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at watermaneuver.net. Please check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Old School at the Movies, and Chill. And check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Damme, Center Stage, Super Fantastic Podcast, The Road Home from Wrestling, The Dave Dynasty Show, Kick Out at Two, The IndieCast, So Bros Network, and The Bill Gold Belt Podcast. And check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, Rebel Life Media, The Savage Dash, Set Tab Photo, Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, Wrestle Void, NEO Sports Insiders, and Midwest Territory, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you like the Punisher and the Joker. Later. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And we're always glad you came You're the one you can see Rose are all the same You're the one you can see